Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hapner with my co-hosts, Leslie Haskins and Timothy Cunio. So Timothy, I recently saw you on campus at Leader Dog. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I came up and spoke to some lions and uh, had a great time with them to give them a message about Leader Dog. And I tell you, these people are probably one of the greatest people I've ever seen in my life because they care about people they don't even know. I mean, they're always worried. And so they, they give a lot of money to Leader Dog, and I want to thank them all. And uh, through my visits, uh, I just found out that we've got two new puppy raisers coming because of my visits. So right there warmed my heart up and makes me feel like I'm making a difference. For sure. That's awesome. So what is that like for you to come back to campus? Oh, well, Glacier automatically knows where we're at. She gets so excited <laughs> when we get there. But it's just like, you know, how you how, how it feels when you go to your grandma's house or yeah. to some family. It's a family. I feel like you guys are part of my family. It's like I'm going home to visit my family. And that's exactly what it feels like. That's so sweet. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the Lions visits. Like, what do they do while they're on campus? Well, while they're on campus, they get to go around and look at the uh, the residence hall. They get to practice with a cane. They get to practice with a guide dog. They get to experience kind of what it's like. And they put those glasses on to, you know, this is what this disease looks like when it goes through the, the client's eyes. And, mm-hmm. and then they get to see Melissa Wise. She gets to, you know, talk about the financial and all that stuff. And and how it impacts uh, the clients. And they get to go in there and they get chili and donuts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Those donuts are awesome. They're bad. They're I was so bad good, when though. I was there. I was bad. I was yeah. bad. So, I mean, it's just, it's about six, seven hours with some breaks in there. And they get to go up to the uh, puppy area. I forget the name. The Canine Development Center. Canine Development. Mm-hmm. Get to go in the gift shop. And those people light up. They walk in. And they are, they're just amazed what Leader Dog does. And uh, and it's because of them. It's because of the Lions. Yeah, I always think it's so cool that they dedicate so much time. Well, I mean, right, like they're huge supporters of us financially, but then they dedicate their time. They genuinely really do want to learn more so they can better help educate the community. So it's just yeah. a very cool group of people. And also it is a really fun event. Our philanthropy team, our Lions Department, does an incredible job putting the event on and making it fun, interesting, but of course, you know, educational. And, and hopefully everybody walks away as a leader dog advocate, which is incredible. Yep, it's great. Well, good. I'm glad you had fun. Did Glacier get to see Meredith while she oh, was Oh, no, here? we did not get to see Meredith. Ah. Uh, I, we saw her when we came up for the Bark and Brew, right. remember, earlier this year. And uh, it was exciting to see her again. And uh, maybe next trip. We'll see. That's cool. Well, thank you for doing that, Timothy, because I know that's also travel on your end to hop on a plane and come and speak. So we certainly appreciate it. That's not a problem. All right. Well, we are very excited today. Our guest is again a longtime speaker for Leader Dog and is here to share a little bit of his story with us. Yes. Dr. Jesse Bollinger was born with hydrocephalus, also known as water on the brain, that resulted in being legally blind. Therefore, his future was uncertain. But Dr. Bollinger has persevered and now holds a PhD in public service leadership with a concentration in nonprofit organization management and is in the process of starting a new nonprofit. He lives in Iowa with his daughters and leader dog, Burley. Welcome to the podcast, Jesse. We're glad that you're here. Do you mind telling us about your vision loss and how it's affected your life? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So 
I was born with uh, optic nerve atrophy as a result of the hydrocephalus. And interestingly enough, and unlike most of the people that I met when I was younger, I've been blessed to have a lot of resources and a lot of connections since a very early age. So I've never really known a time where there was something I couldn't do. I was very fortunate to be born to two parents that let me attempt anything I wanted, obviously within reason, and had a very good early life and, and was surrounded with people that were extremely supportive. So, uh, you know, as, as technology has evolved, so has uh, the ability to try new things and continue to, you know, improve upon the way things get done. Well, Jesse, uh, how did you decide to get a guide dog from Leader Dog? That was right for you. Sure. You know, I always knew, I think in middle and high school is when I first became aware of, or fully aware of the potential of guide dogs. And I felt like there'd become a point in life where maybe it would be right, but I didn't have enough information. And when I did my uh, first visit to the Graceland University campus, uh, where I subsequently got my undergraduate degree, the the disability service office had me meet with a couple of legally blind students, and one of them was a leader dog user. And that was neat. It was good to chat with her. But when I got to campus uh, as a student, I was extremely lost. And so I called her and I said, "If if you can't teach me my way around campus, Uh, Nobody can, because there's so many entrances and exits and different things to these buildings uh, that I need you to help me get straightened out here. And so so I watched her work her dog. And then when I moved off campus, uh, even though I lived right across the street, it was a fairly odd street crossing. And and that's kind of what made the decision. And I didn't initially apply to Leader Dog. I, I had applied to another school received a not so favorable decision. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit. I wasn't a fit for them. They weren't a fit for me. And then I came to leader dog and had a really great experience right off the bat. And I've come back ever since. Well, thank goodness. We're very happy that you, it ended up that you came to our campus and we're at leader dog. I want to go back just a little bit. You were mentioning, uh, you know, your parents were super supported or supportive and family and you had a lot of resources and things like that. What are some of the things, are there any examples of, you know, like resources or early intervention that you feel like played a key role in your success? Sure. So early intervention was absolutely key. And the earliest intervention really was the local area education agency. And anybody that that ever talks to my dad about this, uh, dad will say that he really wasn't aware of of what they were doing or or why they were there or how they got there, as I I understand it. Uh, I don't know how that connection even really got made. Uh, But it's a connection that that he especially would continue and, and say, uh, how thankful he was for it, how much that relationship helped. And it was, it was, you know, I was maybe 14, 15, 16 months old, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And and they would come in and do very basic things, speech therapy, some occupational therapy, uh, various different things. And, and then eventually as I got older, would pair me with an orientation and mobility teacher, uh, 
I can't recall her name, but she had a guide dog. <laughs> uh, so I do remember that. Uh, and then, of course, that led to to technology. And in one of the technologies uh, very early on, uh, sometime in the mid 80s, was an Apple computer uh, with the good old floppy disk. <laughs> and uh, the first the first text to speech program I used uh, was called Bex, and it actually took two of the what is it five and a quarter inch floppies. It took two oh, of them man. to load that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that moved into uh, by this point you know relationships with the Creston Lions Club uh, that that eventually led to my first CCTV, a little black and white thing, mm-hmm. and but it was the greatest thing in the world because I could I could read. And, you know, I had one at school, but then to be able to go home and do things was great. And, and then uh, eventually my family became one of the first families in our area to have Internet at home uh, and, and to live out in the country and have Internet. That was a big deal. So uh, lots and lots of technology and lots of early networking, a uh, lot of political advocacy and, and things like that. So it, it all connected. Yeah, that is amazing. And I know you've you've talked about so much technology, even so young for you. So how have you seen the technology evolve and what are some things you use now? Sure. It, there's, the technology has, has, I mean, has changed significantly, even in the... Even in the CCTV world, something as simple as going from black and white to color was a huge jump. I didn't realize how much having a color screen or even a larger screen would make a difference. And I'll never forget going down uh, from from Orient, uh, where I went to grade uh, elementary and middle school, down to Creston to look at a color CCTV that a student no longer needed. That was amazing. I mean, it was life-changing to have color, let alone that bigger monitor. I never would have imagined that between middle school and my senior year of high school that we would go from a CCTV to a head-mounted display that would let me sit in the classroom and read the marker board. That was an amazing jump. And to have that device actually double then as a CCTV was pretty awesome. Uh, and that was the Geordie. Uh, and I, and I can't think I wasn't, it wasn't human where I think it was enhanced vision systems. Do you mind really quickly just explaining what a CCTV is for those who don't know? Sure. So the way, the way I've always explained it is that it's a video camera hooked to a TV screen that, then magnifies whatever it's looking at. Yeah, and they're pretty cool. Like you're saying, you know, nowadays they have so many different settings and you can invert and change the colors. Um, You can change the speed or rate of which it's reading something to you. I mean, it really is just a wonderful resource that now I think maybe is a little more low tech in comparison to some of the other things that are out there, but it's, it's such a great thing. We have a couple of them on campus at leader dog for clients who, when they come, you know, and they're staying for training, if they need to use that are available, but it is really cool technology. It is. And you mentioned the the speech. I didn't have speech in a CCTV oh until probably about five years ago. 
Wow. And I still keep that unit around. I was going to get rid of it once and everybody said, no, keep it. Sometimes you never know when you're going to need it. And the size of them has completely changed. You know, they used to be and still can be really large um, and take up a lot of space. And now, you know, with technology, it's it's incredible what has come and gone in the last couple of years. And I can't imagine from your experience. You know, one of the most amazing things is to be able to have a head mounted. So I'm almost 100 percent head mounted now as Mm -hmm. far as my magnification tech. And to be able to pair that with a leader dog, one, it takes a lot of skill, but it's wonderful now to be able to have the assistance of a guide, but then also, because I do have some functional vision, to be able to be in a store and have the visual ability to actually to see what I'm looking at. It helps with shopping. It helps with, you know, some wayfinding in a, in a way, uh, you know, still, still need to give the dog directions and get around obstacles, but to look at signage and that sort of thing, uh, it's extremely helpful. Absolutely. Can you explain a little bit more to what you mean? So what is it that you're wearing and exactly what does it do? So what I'm in now is I'm in an eSight 4, mm-hmm. uh, which the eSight, uh, eSight's a company in Canada. And so this is uh, a single single high definition camera, two high definition screens uh, in a extremely lightweight headset that uh, allows for changes in magnification and contrast right on the headset. And then you can hook it into a TV. You can do other things with it that I don't do typically. And uh, eSight has been an extremely progressive company. Uh, and I'm excited to see kind of what they come out with next. And the, the neat part with them is they are really on a drive to bring the cost down. Uh, their original unit cost $15,000 when I got into eSight. And now we're under five. Wow. That is a drastic change. It's so crazy technology. You know, it's it's not for everybody, right? but finding something that works for you and the impact it can have on your daily life is so exciting. And you're right. Like this is only still just the beginning. What you've seen in your lifetime has been huge. Uh, and now technology is growing even faster. I know there's, there's like a rate of something, but like yeah. it's insane. Uh, yeah, it is insane. So you've talked about a lot of the technology you use, but we also talked about in your intro that you're actually starting a new nonprofit. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So the new nonprofit is Future Education, Vocation, Employment Resources, or FEVER, as we call it for short. And the goal of FEVER is to provide employment services in local areas as well as nonprofit education to middle and high school kids and, and coaching services for small and mid-sized nonprofits, especially uh, nonprofit startups. I have, I've done consulting for the last several years and uh, I've become heavily involved in the workforce system here in Iowa over the last year or two. And things have, have come about that have, have kind of caused me to go back to an original idea about starting another nonprofit. And so we're just getting to the point where we're putting the board together, you know, working through some initial funding, kind of finding what other gaps might exist in our design and hoping to, to move into providing services yet this year. Uh, it was an organization that got put together quicker than normal uh, because of some funding opportunities. 
And my real hope is that, that this year uh, we'll start to provide some employment services uh, and then next year hopefully move into the education piece for middle and high school students because that's one of the things, there's two things that I've found aren't taught in public schools, uh, at least not taught well, and, and those two things are aviation and nonprofits. Uh, and I think that learning about nonprofits in high, middle and high school could be very valuable to expanding the workforce in the sector. Very interesting. So this is kind of for all students, right? Not specifically for anybody who's blind or visually impaired? Right, absolutely. And, you know, I think there are some huge opportunities, though, for, for people that are low vision, blind, or have other disabilities. Uh, and, and because it, those are the folks that I, that I talk to that, that are somewhat uncertain about work. And so if we can combine that work piece with the nonprofit piece, I, I think we could really get a lot of work done. That is awesome. Really cool. That's really cool, Jesse. Do you mind tell us how you became a speaker for Leader Dog? Uh, it's been a pleasure for me doing it for Leader Dog, but how did it? How did you get involved in it? Sure. So I think it happened by accident, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it happened by accident. Um, when I came out for Dog Number Three, I had two things that I wanted to do while I was there. Uh, one is I wanted to to spend some time visiting with my friend Melissa Weiss. Uh, I, I can't get enough Melissa Weiss time. I feel uh, like everybody feels that way. Yes, <laughs> right. right, absolutely. That that is a common that is a common thread amongst Leader Dog, and and so I so I wanted some Melissa Weiss time, and I wanted to meet Sue Daniels, and I didn't tell anybody this until I saw Melissa, and she said, "Well, uh, as I recall, she said, well, I think you're on Sue's list as well,' <laughs> and." So what I what I kind of said to both of them was I want I want to get more involved with Leader Dog. I want to give something back. And so I ended up on the philanthropy committee. And then a couple of things happened. I found out that we had an in-person philanthropy meeting at Leader Dog. Uh, and so I actually came out to Michigan. I spent a couple of days with the philanthropy team, did the meeting, uh, and then stayed actually for a Lions visit. And so did some speaking, and, and then at that point, uh, somebody, uh, Leslie, it might have been you, uh, said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And so I've done a couple of, uh, of things here in Iowa, and then, uh, you know, kind of kind of gotten asked to do, I think we're headed to Minnesota in January, uh, and then uh, there's some interest in Michigan uh, actually within my Lions district, uh, which I know we want to talk about, uh, about maybe doing some things for the district convention, but obviously that's all kind of in the works right now. So uh, just by being around, really. Yeah, I mean, we can never have too many stories, right, and experiences, and you guys both being willing to share your personal experiences about Leader Dog has been incredible, because, you know, Christina and I can talk to her blue in the face, but nobody really wants to hear our stories. We don't have anything that's, you know, relevant. So when people can hear from clients who have been through the programs, who, the, you know, your lives have been impacted in a, such a positive way, that's really how we we sell, if you will, Leader Dog to everybody, right? 
Like we want to bring in more clients. We want more clients' lives to be changed and impacted by what we can provide. We want people to donate and volunteer and really just get involved with our mission so that we can do more work. So you guys are a huge piece of that. And we certainly really appreciate you doing that and taking the time out of your day to do it. It's a lot of fun and I've met a lot of interesting people and it's fun to be able to run into the same people uh, at different events, which is starting to happen for me. Yeah, absolutely. You certainly kind of get to know so many different people. And and I love that you said you love spending, wanted to spend more time with Melissa Weiss. I think we all feel that way. And Sue Daniels too. Like we have an incredible leadership team at LeaderDog. Um, and so anytime you can spend more time with them and kind of absorb their knowledge is great. But yeah. And I'm sure Melissa Weiss has been a great resource for you as you're starting kind of your own nonprofit. I know she really likes to assist and kind of help and p- provide that kind of support. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's just been an all around resource as I've, as I've grown in philanthropy and, and been involved in other fundraising projects. Uh, you know, the other thing I, I want to mention too, is being able to introduce others to volunteering and being involved with leader dog, uh, you know, you make a lot of connections every time you're in class. And and one of the connections that I made is uh, my friend, William Miller, uh, that actually lives really close to Leader Dog. And he now uh, volunteers for Leader Dog and hangs out with the uh, Corvette set. Yes. Oh, yes. yes, he does. Yes. And and so so it's been great to, to you know, to follow him and, and, and hear he's had all sorts of stories from that. So. I uh, never thought I'd be able to bring in, uh, you know, a, another friend to to uh, get involved and go out and do some really cool things. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing to hear how people get involved and how people make connections. It's like its own little world mm-hmm. um, because someone ends up knowing somebody who knew somebody. And it's, it's so great to hear. So that's awesome to hear, Jesse. And thank you so much for your work and outreach. And we couldn't do what we do without you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And real quick, though, so you've been to Leader Dog how many times? Because you, you have Leader Dog Burley right now, but. Right. So Dog 3. Oh, my so gosh. Three okay. trips for that. And then uh, I also did uh, the Trekker training. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in 2006. Yeah. So we used to do uh, like a GPS training. And so the Trekker, it was probably just the straight Trekker, right? Not Trekker Breeze. It was. It was the straight trekker. Yeah. So the trekker had, what was it, 39 buttons? Yes. I think it was 39 buttons. And it was basically like a, a was it Blackberry with like a overlay on the screen kind of? And it was a pocket, so it was a pocket PC yeah. uh, that had the Braille overlay. Uh, and then, of course, you had the speaker and the external GPS. <laughs> Wow. It sounds funny now. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. Thank God there's not that many buttons on the And they were yeah. tiny I'm buttons. Like, like they were really small. So you had to have like really. Yeah. Like you really had to. And I, I mean, and I'm just saying this. I didn't ever actually have to uh, learn that device. By the time I was coming through school, it was the Trekker Breeze, which was only nine buttons. Um, and what I'm told is much easier to use. But we used to do this training. Our O&M team would bring clients in who wanted to learn how to use the, the Trekker, this GPS device. Um, and they'd kind of do, was it like a week-long class, Jesse? Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. Yeah. And so I, people would come and learn. And I, this was a hard device. Yeah. 34 buttons? 39. Uh, 39. I'm well, sorry. Those extra five it, need credit. Yeah. It was a hard I'm sorry. Device, 35. But nine. also... This was back in the day when they used to do the, uh, when they were still doing the mystery tour. 
uh, with, with the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at least what I know it by. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we did a mystery tour of our own with the GPS and mm-hmm. they would take us out in the middle of a cemetery. Oh my God. Oh we gosh. call it a drop off lesson, but I like mystery <laughs> tour better. Yeah, mystery yeah, tour. I always want to call it mystery well, tour and we had to find our way out of the cemetery. I yeah. mean, Hopefully if they're dropping you off night. in a cemetery, <laughs> no. you might be finding some mysteries That's out. That's true. Like, yeah. man. So, but then you used the device and you navigated and you found your way independently, right? right? Yes. I really want to know See? who chose a cemetery. Well, because it's <laughs> out in I the middle. Because <laughs> then you have to like get your way out of, so you have to kind oh, of so use like, like uh, as the crow flies directions or open area right. travel. Oh. So you're incorporating like two sides of the GPS because the GPS has pedestrian mode, or I'm sorry, it has open area and then it has like kind of a streets. Stuff. Oh, okay. I could get into but some nitty gritty, but we won't. And it would, you would hear it switch and yeah. it, it was very, the, the other thing for me as, as somebody that has some functional vision and that uses technology, I had to, I'm used to visual menus. Mm-hmm. And so not being able to see the menus, that was a huge transition for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was to kind of think, okay, this is how this would look on a computer. It was, it was, it was a transition, but it was a great device to have for a long time. And of course now everything's on our phones and, uh, but, but I think there's still a place for these kinds of devices. Yeah, there's a lot of perks to them. Um, but it is interesting. So for anybody who doesn't know about the any of these GPS devices, they don't have any screen like Jesse was just saying. It's all, you know, buttons and then you have to listen um, to the audio or verbal descriptions and things like that. So these devices are specifically made for people who are blind or visually impaired. Yeah. Um, so for somebody who's been looking at a screen for so long to take that away, it's absolutely a new way to absorb information. So I can imagine that was, you know, a little startling, if you will, or challenging to get going. It was different. <laughs> and yes. now look at you. Now you're wearing like this e-site and using that in conjunction with your dog. I mean, that's that's really some very cool travel. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh my absolutely. goodness. Absolutely. You know, and and all along uh, that I've that I've done all of these things, I've I've always given my Lions Club updates and Lions Clubs, and ever you know when I lived in Decatur County, I you know I would talk to their clubs and just to share uh, because there aren't a lot of people that are low vision or blind in my area, and and there's even fewer dog users. I think I might be the only leader dog user. Uh, probably within a 70 to 80 mile radius mm-hmm. right now uh, that I'm aware of. So it doesn't happen. I don't see a lot of them around here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we certainly appreciate you spreading the mission and getting out there and sharing your personal story and just all the work you're doing in general. So thank you for all of that. And thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Absolutely. And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with hosts Timothy Cunio and Christina Hapner. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Jesse and all the really cool work that he's doing. Please join us next time as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. Yes, and if you'd like to learn more about applying to our free services, donating, or volunteering your time at LeaderDog, you can head to LeaderDog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at TakingTheLead at LeaderDog.org with any questions or ideas. If you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream.